0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. All right, good morning. Uh, we'll go ahead and start, uh, start class. Uh, I'm obviously not uh, Justin. Uh, he's out of town, I think, or sleeping or something. I don't know. Uh, out of town. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, so he asked me to uh, to fill in. Um, I'm usually in Bob's class, so um, I, I can't give you any kind of review what you've been talking about. I'm sure it's been good. Uh, important parts of the church, um, and so he asked me uh, to fill in and uh, said that I could speak about missions or prayer, because that's two of the uh, chapters that are that are left, um, and I have a master's in missions. and was a missionary for eight years, so I was like, let's go with missions. Uh, she'll be able to talk on that a little bit um, easier, and, uh, and confession, uh, my, my prayer life is not uh, as it should be, so we'll go with missions. Um, for those that, uh, that don't know me, half of you uh, know me uh, fairly fairly well. My name is Nathan Van Cleve, um, and I work with the uh, Evansville Police Department now. Um, but after college, um, I went overseas and I served in China uh, for about, uh, about four years. And I was also in Korea, uh, South Korea and North Korea, uh, for about four years um, doing missions there. In the middle of it, um, I had come back and went to Southern Seminary and uh, got an imitative there in uh, Great Commission uh, Ministries. Uh, if we, I, I have not timed this at all, so if we end up with extra time, I'm going to fill it at the end with either questions or just stories. Uh, from the from the field. Uh, I am excited about what we will be covering uh, and it may run over and may not get through it. And so that's that's just the way it is. Um, I apologize there's no uh, PowerPoint. This would, this would have been a good lesson to have a PowerPoint because there's going to be a lot of Scripture uh, that we're going to look at, and we're going to look at it from Genesis to, to Revelation. Hopefully I'm able to explain uh, where we're coming from and where we're going, that you're able to follow along uh, enough. Um, if you didn't aren't able to record the Bible verses that I, I throw out, um, get with me afterwards. and I'll be happy to, to share those with you. Um, So uh, I don't have a a PowerPoint slide, so it's not that important, but the title uh, that I have is Missions is... Essential missions is essential, uh, with the subtitle being "You are called." Um, and don't be worried; I'm not going to be pressing you to like get out your app and get on Expedia and buy an airplane ticket, you know, and go overseas today and make you feel uh, guilty about that. Um, you may feel guilty some about uh, a lack of participation in general um, in in missions, but um, we're going to be talking about how each and every one of us is called, and that missions is essential. And when I say that missions is essential, um, I mean that missions is not something additional to the Christian life. Uh, Instead, it is at the core. It is essential. many of you know, uh, I play, uh, bass guitar, uh, up front. Um, you may not. I'm behind the trees over there. Uh, me or Kevin, If the big beard is Kevin. If not, uh, it's me. And, um, I'm not that great at bass guitar. I've played for, for 20 years. I can carry a tune. Um, but if I wanted to get better at bass guitar, uh, there's a lot of things that I, I could do to be better at it. Um, I, I, I can't slap bass. Like if you ever watched Seinfeld back in the nineties and there's that like riff, that's all slap bass. Um, and then uh, I could spend money and buy a, uh, a pedal. Like, I don't have any kind of pedal. And it would make the sound different. It would make it um, better. These are things that I could add on to my, my bass guitar repertoire, um, but I don't. However, I think I have fairly good like, rhythm. Like I can stay like on the beat um, and I can play the, play the right notes. Um, that's, in, that's important. Um, and, and start at the same time as everybody else. So like these kinds of things, like having good rhythm, playing the right notes, um, playing together with everybody else, that's that's kind of at the core of, of playing the bass guitar. Um, in this scenario, missions is not playing slap bass, not playing, uh, you know, not having a pedal. It's at the core of it. Uh, Another example for those that uh, aren't musically inclined, um, bread baking, Uh, so a sourdough. My wife has been making a bunch of sourdough here recently. Does anybody else do sourdough? Okay, a couple ladies, a couple guys, yeah, all right, I see you, good job. Um, so you guys can get together afterwards and talk about it, um, but, but I don't do it. my wife does, but I can see as she does it, there's some essential things to it, right? you got to have the right amount of, of dough, you got to get your starter going just right, um, get everything measured out, the right temperature but there's also things that she can get in addition to make better and different sourdough breads. It just, she just had a birthday uh, and we got her a sourdough um, starter kit that has different bowls that you can make different shapes of, of uh, I don't know, bread. Um, so she gets better at it. It's not essential, but it, it, it flavors, it makes, it makes it more. Missions is not the bowls that I got her for, for Christmas or for her birthday. Missions is that part of that starter. It is essential to the bread making process. Um, and maybe a, a better example for both of these with the bass guitar and the bread baking is with the bass guitar, it's kind of the, the sheet music. It's, it's what we look at and how we see where we're coming from, where we're going. Uh, and as we all get and play music together, it brings it all together. With the bread baking, maybe it's the recipe, how you can see what your goal is, what you're going to be baking, how you start, and how you get to there. So it is extremely essential. So what we're going to do uh, for the rest of the time uh, to show that missions is essential um, is we're going to start from Genesis and go to Revelation uh, and look at various parts of the Bible from Genesis from the start to Revelation to the end um, and see how God's design from the beginning. To get to the end uh, is that people from every tribe, every la- every language, um, and every nation would be worshiping him. And as we have time at the end, we'll look at why uh, that's important. So, missions is essential. God has always had a heart for every tribe, every language, and every nation. Uh, if you want, uh, you can turn to uh, Genesis um, We're going to be uh, hitting a bunch of places. It'll be hard to follow with me, but we're going to hang out in Genesis for just a little bit, so you might be able to follow me there. We're going to start in Genesis 1. As you're turning there, um, uh, these are, it's it's the same book, just 2nd and... Third edition. There's probably a fourth and fifth. I don't know. It's called uh, "Let the Nations Be Glad." If you're going to read any book on missions, this is the book to read on it. Um, it's by John Piper. Um, very well written, full of uh, of a passion for missions. Talks about it from very uh, various different uh, aspects. So, and if you're good at borrowing and returning books, you're welcome to uh, to borrow one of those. Uh, Probably the best book I can recommend on missions uh, is the Bible. Um, There's a couple of these in front of you. Uh, Don't grab the hymnal. Those are also good, but this will get you a lot farther. So um, Genesis uh, chapter one, this section we're looking uh, at, yes, the the, the beginning here. So Genesis 1.26, what we call the creation mandate. So this is obviously in the very beginning, as God has made Adam and Eve, he tells them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So from the very beginning in Adam and Eve before the fall, it was not designed that it would just be Adam and Eve. He had told them, multiply. So it is his design that the earth is going to be full of, of people. Now, obviously, we know in, in uh, chapter 2 and 3, things uh, things take a turn, um, but still, uh, there is this plan from the beginning, uh, for man to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And we are to be image bearers as we do that, showing God's glory. Now, if you want to flip over to Genesis 12, we're going to be looking at the, uh, Abrahamic covenant here, which becomes, um, Woven throughout Genesis, and we'll look at it as it's repeated to several of his lines. So, uh, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. This is the call of Abraham and the beginning of Israel. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And pausing there for a moment. So we see this in here, the creation of Israel. We see some blessings and some promises to Israel uh, to give them a name, to give him many children, um, and, to, and to bless him. But in this Abrahamic covenant, uh, we see that it extends beyond Israel. And you see in verse 3, "'I will bless those that bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed.'" So even here, as we see at the very beginning of the call of Israel, uh, and we know what God's going to be doing throughout um, the Old Testament um, with Israel and making them into a nation for himself, this is his chosen people. From the very beginning, there is already this plan that from them, there will be this blessing to all the families of the earth. This is repeated in Genesis 26, if you want to turn down there. So uh, Abraham's son, Isaac, in Genesis 26, verse 4, um, several times this Abrahamic covenant is repeated um, to Isaac and Jacob and, and to others. So in Genesis 26, 4, he says to Isaac, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your offspring all these lands, and in your offspring all All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Again, a promise for Israel. God will be using Israel and blessing them, but at the same time, through them, will be blessing all the nations. Um, Genesis 28, looking at two chapters later, now talking to Jacob. Genesis 28 14. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So in the uh, creation mandate and in the Abrahamic covenant, as we see the earth being filled, there is a plan and a desire um, and uh, what God will be doing to bless all the families of the earth through Israel. And. Um, Going to the, uh, the next book in the Bible, Exodus nine sixteen. 16. Uh, so and we're looking at a couple uh, passages here talking about Moses and, and Exodus. So now that the people of Israel have been called um, out of, being called out of Israel, we still see this desire for God to have his name known among all the nations. Exodus nine sixteen. Um, and this is actually, uh, I think it's actually talking to, to, to Pharaoh uh, in this part here. But but I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show, my, show you my power, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Um, the the uh, exodus uh, and all of the plagues and all of that that happened is probably one of the top five events uh, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, but maybe in, in all of the Bible, and I can make an argument for that. That later, but it is often quoted and and looked back to. Um, God could have very easily, quickly um, gotten the Israelites out of Egypt, but instead um, he took great steps to show his might and his power so that not just Israel would know and trust in him, but that many many nations and all around the earth would know his might. So God is not just concerned about um, his people knowing his might there, but all the nations. Now, after they leave, um, and in Joshua chapter 4, so now that they're uh, leaving um, Israel, uh, leaving Egypt um, and God is now 40 years later sending them into the promised land, uh, he says in Joshua four twenty-three 23 um, and 24, "'For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea.'" which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God is working with his people. God is working with Joshua. He is bringing them into a land. But even in this, I want you to know that through you, all the peoples um, are going to know the hand of the Lord. God's desires for all the nations. Um, so now, having looked at the, uh, the early portion of the Old Testament, um, we're going to take a look at, at Psalms. We could spend a bunch of time in Psalms. There are uh, at least a dozen or more um, Psalms that talk about God's um, desire for the nations, but we're going to look at three of them. The first is Psalms 22. Psalms 22, um, towards the end of it, verses 27 and 28. Psalm 22, verses 27 and 28 says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Not nation of Israel, but all the families of the nations, um, the kingship belongs to, to the Lord. Uh, Psalm eighty six nine. If your fingers get tired, I'm I'm fine just reading them and, and you listening. But Psalm eighty six nine says, "All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name." Now here we start to point toward what we're ultimately going to see in Revelation, um, and to steal some of the thunder of where we're we're heading to. But in Revelation, we're going to see around the throne of God. People from every language and tribe and nation gathered gathered there. And we're going to talk about why uh, that's um, important and beautiful and glorious as well. Um, but, but we see here, pointing to this, this promise, um, all the nations you have made will come and they will worship before you uh, and they will glor- bring glory to your, to your name. Psalm 96.3 says, Declare his glory among the nations... His marvelous deeds among all peoples, Um, and so as we are image bearers, as we are living out um, our lives and trying to build the kingdom, uh, we're not just doing it here um, in in our own lives, in our families, in our church, in Evansville, um, but it is a glory that is to be declared among all of the all of the nations and all of the peoples. All right, so um, we've looked at, um, we've looked at uh, the, the, the beginning um, with the creation mandate in Genesis and then the conquest of the land. We stopped in Psalms uh, for a bit. Uh, and now closing out the Old Testament, uh, we're going to look at some of the prophetic visions that we see in the, the major and minor prophets. The first one we'll look at is in Isaiah chapter 2. That's another place where we could camp out for a long time because um, there's a lot of talk about uh, God's desire uh, for the nations there Isaiah uh, chapter two, verse two. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Um, now, just a quick side note that really has nothing to do with this lesson, but might help you remember this this passage because I remember it forever. Uh, it was twenty twenty five years ago. I was at a church um, and. Um, the pastor uh, was a good people person. His sermons were not always on point, and they were starting to grade uh, grade on me a little bit and the The tipping point was uh, this passage: they were wanting to build a new uh, wanting to build a new uh, sanctuary, and uh, he mentioned this verse. And he says, "There's going to be mountains in your life. There's going to be difficulties that you have to have to overcome. Um, and uh, you know, God is going to be you know sovereign over these these mountains that are in your life." And I was like, "That is not at all what this passage is is talking about. And not in the least." Um, I went and talked with him about it, and it didn't go well. Uh, and I had to leave the church. But anyways, um, so, that, maybe this might help you memorize, remember Isaiah 2, 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. This is what God is moving toward. Isaiah 45, uh, verse 23. Isaiah 45, verse 23. <clears throat> By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, and by me every tongue will swear. We see this, um, we see this fulfilled in those who are trusting the Lord um, here and now, and also even if they haven't, um, once they, they die, um, every nation will indeed have to bow um, before the Lord and rec- recognize him. Uh, Daniel 7, um, multiple passages uh, there um, with, with prophecy that clearly talk about people from every people, every nation, uh, and every every language. Um, and we, we're not going to have time to talk about it, but one of the problems that um, Nebuchadnezzar um, had and why it was so evil what was going on was that he was desiring that people, like when he built uh, the huge statue, that people from every language and nation and, and tongue uh, were bowing down before him, trying to steal God's, God's God's glory, uh, and God would not have anything to do with that because He was desiring that. So Daniel seven fourteen, He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped Him. This is uh, looking forward to the future. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed all peoples, nations, and men of every language. A last prophecy, um, and it's a minor prophet, so it might be hard to to get there quickly. I can read it for you. It's uh, Zephaniah 2.11. Zephaniah 2.11. "'The Lord will be awesome to them "'when he destroys all the gods of the land. "'The nations on every shore will worship him, "'everyone in his own land. "'The nations on every shore will worship him.'" Uh, I, I know I'm belaboring a point, but that's the whole point of this. I'm going to keep belaboring it uh, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament. So we've talked about the Old Testament from the beginning, how God's desires is for the nations, even as he has made a, a nation for himself. The whole plan is for all the nations. Um, we see this continue to weave throughout the New Testament. Um, so now going to gospel, uh, the Gospels in Acts, uh, Matthew 24. Verse fourteen, and there's a couple of these passages that we may come back to as we as we have time. But uh, Matthew twenty-four, verse fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Um, and and we'll talk about this. It's this is echoed in Mark thirteen ten. I'll read it for you. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Um, so before uh, the Lord's return, there is this promise um, that the gospel needs to be given to to all nations. There was a time when we thought that uh, that had happened, basically on how you defined how you define nations, um, but. Um, this is a long topic, but we don't believe that the the, the Bible is describing the nations as the United Nations um, uh, delineates who is a country and who is not uh, a country, but talking about um, peoples and languages and tribes. And so within a country, even uh, America, uh, it's not just one nation, uh, there could be uh, multiple Tribes in, inside of uh, America. So, for example, the various Indian groups who have different languages, um, the different minority groups in different, different areas. Um, so, there's lots of places that have multiple uh, nations within them. So, once uh, that gospel is preached to all of the tribes and every language and every tongue, um, then the Lord uh, said he, he will return. Luke uh, 24, uh, verse 47. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, And I'll... I'll I'll come back to another gospel one, but on that note of it beginning at Jerusalem and going out to all nations, Acts 1, eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, of the earth. As you look at a map on that, it's starting small in Jerusalem and it's going out and out and out to the ends of the earth. And the last passage to, to think about as in the Gospels uh, would be the Great Commission that many of us know, and we'll come back and visit this uh, as well. But Matthew 28, and looking at verse 19 alone, says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, so some of Jesus' uh, last words, his last commission um, to the disciples, which is then given to us, Go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, moving on to the epistles in the New Testament, we'll look at uh, three passages here in Romans. Uh, we'll be one of them. Romans 16, verse 26. But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings from the Old Testament, by the command of the eternal God so that all nations might believe and obey in him. So this is some of the closing words of of Romans um, and, and Paul saying that all the nations might believe and obey in him. Galatians 3, 8 says, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, so this is tying back to what we talked about earlier with the Abrahamic covenant um, when we looked at Genesis uh, twelve would have been fifteen and eighteen it 's repeated in, in twenty six and twenty eight um, to his to his children, um, but it was given that all nations would be blessed through him And this was the mystery that became clear in the New Testament that the gospel um, was not just for uh the Jewish nation, but it was actually for all peoples, for all the Gentiles, which uh you know Bryce had talked a lot about when we had been in Galatians. Um first John two two, the last uh, passage we'll look at in the epistles. First John two two. When I was a kid, I had a really hard time differentiating between John and First John. I was like, I knew that was a 1 John, a 2 John, a 3 John. I thought like 1 John and John were the same, and I got lost in the Bible all the time. But uh, anyways, First John uh, 2, 2. He is the atoning sacrifice of our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, so ours, not just for the Jewish people, not just for the church listeners there at the time, but for the sins of the whole world world. Um, now, some glorious passages in Revelation. Uh, we're going to look at four of them, um, but again, we've started at the beginning in Genesis and seen God's uh, plan for the earth to be filled um, to his glory, and we see that he, is, uh, he made a nation for himself, and he's going to bless all the peoples of the, of the world through that nation, and we see that playing out, and what it's going toward is Revelation when at the end of the days, after Christ has returned and made all things new, he says in Revelation 5, 9, And they sang a new song, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 7, 9, similar to this. After this, I looked out and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and in front of the lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their, in their hands. Revelation fourteen six. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Revelation 15, 4. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. So this is the end the end that we are moving toward, that God is moving toward, that there will be this throne room, this throne room of, of worship of Christ. And it says that there is a multitude that could not be counted. Um, and I, I think it's, it's healthy and good for us sometimes to uh, transpose uh, things that we see in, in life um, over to this. So, for example, if you're at uh, the fall festival and you're looking out, like there are so many People here, uh, and you see different uh, different um, sections of, of life that are represented out there uh, as well. Um, but or if you go to a if you go to a ball game or you go to a, a huge concert at a stadium, and it's just filled with you know hundred thousand people, or you see a, a march uh, demonstration, and there are a million people, and you see a picture of you know, like just people just go on and on and on. And think of that as a small glimpse of what it is uh, to look at this this, this throne room worship uh, of of God when there is a multitude that cannot be counted, um, and you see people from every nation and every tribe and people and language. And this will be uh, just a, a glorious a glorious time. Uh, and like, God's desire is that people from all of those areas are are there. Um, so with this with this. Knowledge uh, that this is the this is the sheet music that we're going off of. This is what we are a part of. What's the application uh, for for us? It is one thousand percent not enough for this just to be a biblical truth that we that we know. Um, it is something that we are to be a part of and to be committed committed to um, as we listen to the the preaching this morning, uh, as we sing the songs, as we pray that um, uh, this desire for the nations is to be woven throughout um, our life, throughout our prayers, throughout our reading, throughout our meditation, throughout our giving, throughout our days, um, and the way that we, the way that we think, the way that we speak, it is to be a part of it. As much as a heart for the nations is not a part of those things. That is. Just as much how out of sync we are with God and his desires. Because that's what he's doing. That's where the flow, that's where the flow is at. As much as we are out of that flow, that's how much we are out of, uh, what, of God, what God is, is doing. So um, if you find that thinking about the nations, praying for missionaries that, uh, that we speak of in your giving, in your going, um, in, your, in your serving... If it's not marked by this desire for the for the nations, um, let us let us recenter and come back to that. Um, I would like to look at uh, the Great Commission a little more carefully. So, if you want to flip back to uh, Matthew 28, 18 through twenty, it is such an important passion as we as we think about as we think about missions, because it's such a clear command for us from the from the Lord. I also find it very encouraging how it all plays out. So uh, let me go ahead uh, and read that. We're going to read two passages. We're going to read Matthew 28, and then we're also going to look at uh, Romans 10. So Matthew 28, uh, starting in verse 18 to the end. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know, if these are some of the Lord's final words to us, final words that he gives uh, to his disciples, and you see at the end, there's a a period and a quotation mark and blank. There's nothing else, you know, down here below. These are the words that Jesus gives um, as he's departing. This is obviously very, very important to him. It is also clear marching orders for, for us. I like the victory that is seen at the beginning of verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Christ has died on the cross for us, taken the sins of the world. He has, um, he has died for three days. He has rose again. He has conquered over death. He has conquered over sin. He now has all of the keys sitting on the throne. All authority on heaven and on earth have been given to him. Go, therefore. So, with that in mind, all the authority that I have... Over all of these powers and all of these peoples, I now want for you to go out and to make disciples of all of them. It's very empowering for us um, that he has given that authority that he has, has been given to us to go and to preach the word. Um, It's also very um, convicting in that we need to listen to him because he has this authority and has told us to, to do that. So these are our marching orders in verse 19. Make disciples of all Nations. I do appreciate that um, we, as a church, um, continue to to try to be uh, a nations minded church. I know Dan Geelock as the elder over uh, missions, uh, makes a lot of efforts with um, monthly prayer times and finding new missionaries and always having missionaries um, up on the screen each each week and trying to get small groups to um, to adopt different missionaries. Um, so it's it's good that we are doing this. We need to continue to do more of it in our own personal lives and in our church in our church lives. Um, the second passage I wanted to look at was Romans ten in a little more detail. Romans ten will likely also be a familiar passage. Romans ten thirteen through fifteen. Uh, before I read this, I'll say that these verses were um, very important for me uh, when I was in uh, high school, but more so college, as I started to think more about missions and my responsibility and, and role in it. Uh, it's it's very clear the uh, the process. Um, starting in verse thirteen, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We got that. Okay. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay. So to call, you have to to believe. Well, how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? All right. So you can't believe if you've never heard of Jesus. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? All right. They can't hear if somebody doesn't preach to them. And how are they to preach unless they are sent so somebody can't go and preach unless somebody has sent them. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This talks about um, how essential it is for us to go and to preach the gospel to people so that they can hear and believe. And so we think, well, in this modern day age, in this information age, uh, you know, we can find out that there was a uh, Well, I found this morning, there's a tornadoes in in, uh, Nashville area last night. And I just know that waking up this morning, I could find out the weather in Mumbai, India right now, you know, we have access to to information in this information uh, age, but there are places in the world that don't have that access. um, And there are places in the world that don't have access to the Bible in their language, there are places in the world um, that don't have access to churches in their area, area whether they're uh, above ground or, or underground churches. So there are lots of places in the world and people groups that are still unreached. Um, and so they are not able to call on the name of the Lord because they have not believed and they have not heard. Um, and so that's why we continue to send people out um, to be able to, to speak to them. So we um, that could be us going um, and going and sharing. That could be us giving. Um, that could be us praying for those people. Um, that could be uh, us opening up our homes when they come back to America and visit. It could be us having uh, foreign exchange students coming and living with us for for a month. Uh, it could be us going to um, one of the, uh, like a a Chinese New Year gathering and meeting people there and and sharing with them. There are lots of things that we can be doing to ensuring that we're a part of this process of everyone being able to call on the name of the Lord. The question that I get, uh, or not that I necessarily personally, though I did hear it sometimes, but one of the biggest pushbacks to telling a church in Evansville, hey, we need to be about missions. We need to give money to here. We need to send people out. Well, aren't there enough lost people in, in Evansville, right? Aren't there enough people that you work with that are lost? And I'm, I'm you know, you're trying to have a Bible study uh, with your coworkers, and I'm telling you, okay, that's good, but you also you need to be thinking about missions. And you're trying to have your your neighbors uh, over, or putting you know, tracks in your uh, in your candy at Halloween time, and like you're trying to reach out to your neighborhood, and I'm saying okay, that's good, but you've got to be thinking about the nations. just think, isn't there enough going on right now with my family and my coworkers, and I'm trying to reach out to my neighborhood? That's all that I... All that I can do, kind of like we think about this the, the problem of, of poverty there 's poverty all and um, and lack of food all across the world we don 't have enough money to to solve that right but some, you know the, the quote is you can 't help everyone but you can help someone right so we what can we do for you know somebody that we found that was in a house fire they lost a job and we can do what we can here we can give some money to this we 'll do what we what we can and so sometimes we have that mentality even with missions so like Yes, the whole world needs the gospel. Every tribe and language and nation and tongue, I get that. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to focus right here on on my my family and my coworkers and those around me. It is good to focus on that, but it cannot be to the exclusion of the rest of what God is, is doing. Um, so, yes, it is good to to, to focus here in, in Evansville, but no, it is not enough. God's desires, as we've looked at from Genesis to, to Revelation, is not just the people in your circle would, would know him. Not just that he calls the people of Israel and wants them to be blessed and to, people see the power there, but he wants that power in uh, belief and glory going out to everyone, so yes, we work local, but yes, we also need to have a mind, we need to have a mind and an eye on the rest of what 's going on in the world. There is a glory that is seen in the diversity around the throne room of God. If it was just all one hundred and twenty thousand ish people of, of Evansville or Indiana uh, at the throne room of God and, and, and surrounding him there is a glory that would not be received by Christ in that because there is no diversity in that. It is not, he would just be a God of Indiana, a God of of America, you know, of this time. And that's not who he is. He is a God of the entire world. And so, at that time, we won't need an interpreter. We'll be able to to understand. But there should be people that would be speaking every language, skin of every different color and heights and uh, and all different kinds of, of just diversities. God gets glory in that. Just kind of like if you looked at a, uh, if you looked at a, a stain, beautiful stained glass. Beautiful stained glass is not usually just one color. It's got to have a whole bunch of different colors there to see the beauty um, in it. So um, there will always be this glory that God's get in the in the diversity. And then also just another thing on this. Uh, cross-cultural missions uh, in many cases can be more effective Um, and so there's a lot of examples of this but me going to China um, in many ways, it is easier for me to share the gospel with people than it is for a Chinese person to share it with a, a Chinese person. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and it, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But you know, me going in as a, as, a, as a white person, and I go sit on a bus stop in China, people are going to come and talk to me i don 't need to do anything to go and talk to somebody, and they come up and say, "Can I be your friend?" and I say, "Yes, you can be my friend um, and they want to know what is different uh, about about me and about my culture. I have instant opportunity to share the gospel with them if they see a you know, if they have a Chinese coworker who is a believer, yes, there are things that they can do and share that I cannot, but there are also there are also open doors that I have that they that they do not um, there are many examples that I can give of that, but cross cultural missions will always have a have a place so my closing exhortation to you uh, to to you and to my and to myself um, with this in mind we 've seen the music, the sheet music we know what god is doing we 've seen the recipe. Um, let us go somewhere, let us support someone, let us pray for for some peoples, let us be a part um, of what God is doing around the nations. Even while we sit in our chairs here um, at Faith Bible Church this morning, as we as we pray, as we worship, as we listen to Bryce talk, um, let us let us have this be a part of our of our heartbeat. Um, God's desire for the nations. So, questions? We've got a few. We've got a few minutes. Yes, sir. Sure. So he wants to know, how was I prompted to go overseas? How did that come about? And how did I uh, prepare for that? Uh, I share this with some hesitation uh, because there'll, some people have some, some question marks or concerns about this. But this is how it went down. Uh, so I'll just say what, what it was. Um, when I was in college, um, I... W- I felt a desire to be in ministry, to do ministry of some sort, and I thought it may have been uh, music-related. So I was a, a music minor, actually, and I was getting a business degree, and I was hoping to marry those together and do some kind of music ministry. But um, as you know, I can't play slap bass, so I wasn't going to go anywhere with that. But... Um, I had a um, a college minister that he started talking about missions a lot, and not that he had just like this focus on it, but as we talked about today, it was kind of weaved throughout all of his teaching that I had not really heard before, and so I began thinking in my head about missions, not necessarily that I would do it, but the nations was on my mind. Uh, There was um, this this one time at campus outreach, I was a junior in college. Uh, and there's this song called ask of the Lord and I'll give the nations to you. And I think it's a passage in Isaiah. Uh, as I was preparing this, I came across that, that passage, but it's ask of the Lord and I will give the nations to you. God has promised to give the nations to us. Um, and we were encouraged that night to ask God to, to give the nations to us. So I was praying and i asking God to, to give us the nations you know that people would, would know him. And uh, so this is the the cautious part here. Um but anyways, I, I felt like I heard this voice I said, I've given them to you now now go. Like it was so like clear that like I looked behind me to make sure like somebody wasn't like speaking in my ear. Like it was that like kinda weird. Um and uh so then I was just praying more because I was like there wasn't somebody behind me. I've given the nations now now go. Um, Now, as much as you want to say, whether I heard the voice of the Lord or whatever, it's clear God has given us the nations, and he wants us to go to the nations. So it wasn't like it was like a non-biblical thing that, you know, this urging, go to the nations. Um, So that was something that pushed me to, like, okay, like I can look at going to the nations. And so I went to to prepare. I had never been, I'd been to Mexico on a mission trip once or twice. Um, and so I signed up to go study abroad for a semester uh, with the school. I studied German. German was my minor uh, in school. So I went to, to Germany for six months not christian related at all just with the school for me it was getting my feet wet and seeing can i live in another culture will i enjoy it can i can i do this i had a, a blast I, I really thrived being over in germany being in another culture so and then two things happened oh, man this story's getting long it's a good question uh two things happened for me while i was in germany one um My classmates studying German were, uh, a lot of them were Asian, so Japanese and Korean, uh, and then there were some Chinese as well. So I spent a lot of time with them, even more so than Germans, because we were all trying to learn the language together. And so I really enjoyed spending time with them. I clicked well uh, with these Asian people. And then the second thing that happened for me while I was over there, I experienced what it was like to be a foreigner living in another country. Like, I needed help. Like, to go to the bank was scary for me. Going to the grocery store, I couldn't find anything. Uh, like, I needed help from a German. And so at, I mostly got it from people at the, a German church that I went to. But, like, I, I just I needed help. And any help I got was super appreciated. So when I came back to America, um, I... I saw an opportunity. There were thousands of international students at Indiana University. I want to be that for them. I want to help them. So, in campus outreach, um, I helped start a, an international student ministry where we did uh, uh, English partners. So, like, I would pair an uh, international student with, a, with an English speaker who was from campus outreach. Um, it was kind of fun. I also had some. Uh, I also had some international students who were Christians and then I had some non-believing Americans and I paired them up. So there was always this, there was always this, uh, sharing that was, was going on. But so, and I spent a lot of time with, uh, Koreans, Japanese and Chinese at that time. And so I just really grew this love for, for, uh, for Asia, and so that's how. Then I had a friend who came back from China. He had done a two-month stint over there, um, got with his contacts, and uh, as I was graduating, like two months later, I was in in China. So uh, I couldn't speak a lick. Like I could say shia, like thank you, and that was it. But my saving grace was that I was going there to teach English, um, and so I was like, okay. when the teach English though, so and it wasn't like. I didn't think it was like basic English. So at least I'd be able to communicate with my students. Well, some of my students, I'd ask them, what is your name? And they didn't understand. They didn't even know what is your name. And I was like, oh, man. And I had this point of like, God, why did I leave my family and come all the way across the world to share the gospel? And these people can't understand me. Like, They they can't even tell me their name. Um, And so then I started praying every day. I did two things. I prayed every day that God would help me speak Chinese. And I spent at least 15 minutes studying Chinese. Um, and God somehow really blessed that. And uh, within a year or so, I was able to communicate well um, with the people. I never took a, never took a class. Like, it was just all talking to people and like with, with books. So um, God really, really blessed that language-wise. And I had a really good team uh, that, I was, that I was with. Yeah. Yep, yep. That was a really long answer. Any other questions? Okay. I've eaten up the, the time, so if there was something else, uh, let me know.